I'm Chief Christy Giuseppe from TwoGuysTalkingStarWars.com, and you're listening to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming via the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, SHIELD, the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. SHIELD's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. The visit to hard science fiction is often... Hard. Worlds, languages, customs, known facts, history. They're all X factors in all of it. And now, let's toss the entire story into space. You might think that that sounds like a recipe for disaster and detrimental impact on believability in general. But inside the second episode of Season 6 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming, the story isn't hard to take in. In fact, it's easy. It's time to drink in another episode of the televised Marvel Universe via the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this time, Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Our Facebook presence. I would very much like for all of you to stop what you're doing, including listening to this podcast. Press and, pause now. And open up facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Go in there, like some of the postings, but more importantly, chime in on the new ones that Nick and I are going to be putting in there that have everything to do with what we think matters inside of the Marvel Universe. Yes. We're going to try and steer clear almost completely of anything spoilerific. All oh, right, right. But what we are going to put in there are a couple of phenomenal screen rant articles that we've recently come across. The first is five villains that we want to see in the MCU, but more importantly, five that we don't want to see in the MCU. That article was a discussion of almost a two-hour conversation yeah, that Nick and I yeah. had. It is a phenomenal article. The second article is equally as wonderful. It's probably my favorite, not just Screen Rant article, but favorite MCU article that I've read in probably years. Yeah. It's a short series of questions and thereby their answers with Kevin Feige, the general, you've got to be kidding me, the whole plan, that was your plan, yes, dude, that was my plan, man of the Marvel Stan comics. Lee of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it, yes. <laughs> the, the questions that are asked are not only compelling, but it solicits answers that I think are going to satiate everybody, including the gentleman across the table from me. Yeah. It really does provide you with a great foundation of not only what they were thinking, 
but what they are thinking and what is very quite possibly what's going to happen inside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And again, for those of you that have not seen Endgame, you're an idiot. Get out and see Endgame. Do not miss that in the theater. I'm trying to imagine yeah, don't wait, anybody don't wait until not it comes seeing out on DVD and Blu-ray. Don't wait for home viewing. You need to see. It's an epic film. It needs to be seen on an epic screen. Yeah, and I have to admit that the fourth time, and this will be the final time that I've seen Endgame, I went and saw it on IMAX. Mm-hmm. And guys, it's so worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it to go and see it with the so the sound pity. system, the sound system that's implemented, the crystal clear pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere where you thought it might be dark, like even the deep space shots that they show inside of many points inside of that movie, none of it is deep, dark, black. You can't see anything. It all has texture. And so go and see it in IMAX. But for God's sake, get out to the theater and see Endgame in the theater. Don't be a dumbass and only watch it at home on DVD and or Blu-ray. But more importantly, head on over to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast Facebook page. We'll be waiting for you. That's all I've got for housekeeping this time, kiddies. It's time to jump into this next episode review, our review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. Shopping. Terminator 3 style. Uh, the love and hate question inside of Terminator 3 is long, drug out, and this is not the appropriate platform for that. Well, no, no. I, I don't think that it's really hated that much. No, it's not I don't think salvation. So yes, thank you for <laughs> somehow <laughs> twisting and tethering in Terminator uh, salvation into our discussion. Well, We're you know what? Be... If I didn't do it, you would have done it. So I, I figured I'd beat you to it. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Anyway, we're going to link to both of those reviews because they are fun, regardless of yep. what they are. But what's even more fun is the shopping excursion inside of this episode that runs the the front end of the episode is a piece of that shopping excursion that the Terminator goes on, and it, it, it's fun. It, it's fun, even though what's his name at the at the Quickie Mart is is at gunpoint not so awesome but the rest of it is it's entertaining and it's what's fun is it's fun to see there the contextual clues that lead us to know that one they're not from here Mm -hmm. they're not it we can get all the information that happens inside the episode but we know that they are not from here right right here and i love all of that as well as just being able to showcase what literally is the quickie mart down the street or Wherever they decided to shoot this, probably in California someplace. I, I love that. I love the tether the real world that they're giving us and the literal I don't give a shit style yeah. that is showcased here by every single one of them inside the scene. I liked it a lot. Well, it also sets up the dynamic of this group that is explored throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get hardly any of that in episode one and it, uh, of course not because it was time. all leading yeah right yeah there was no time. time and it was all leading up to yeah. the appearance of sarge yeah well sarge is here yeah and he's not taking any crap from anybody yeah played beautifully by clark Gregg because you thought i loved colson well man i also love it when he's a badass yeah. too and that's a perfect segue to what happens when you want to root for the bad guys because I'm telling you, this this writing staff slash this creative team, the entire dip from toe to head top mm. of team creation inside of this program, 
I'm trying to think of something else that has matched that. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, where, hey, look, we got a raccoon, a blue dude, a chick with uh, antennae, and yeah. a freaking raccoon that nobody knows. How are we going to make any money on this? And the answer is, would you like more money? <laughs> right. And so I'm telling you, I don't know. I can't tell you for certain, but whomever had it up and was divvying out the kickassery inside of Guardians of the Galaxy, we got some of that here. It is, it's Boom, it's right in your pocket, and you're ready to take some more. And now there's a pocket of money, and now you want some more. Oh, and by yeah. the way, how are we rooting for the bad guys a couple of minutes into this episode? And the answer is, I don't know, but my God, it's happened. It's because they're presented in an interesting way. It's a great balancing act of characters. Yeah, that's well you said. You have the, that's very well the, said. your giant tank character in Jocko. Mm -hmm. You've got your psychotic bloodlust character in snowflake you've got your kind of sort of comic relief character wisecracker in pax and pax. I, I have That's to wonder right. if he'd have started whining i would have said i'll bet you dimes to dollars that that is a nod not only to hudson that was in aliens played by of course bill paxton bill paxton uh but th there are a bunch of elements where it's it's very likely that that is just a nod. It may be to it him. may be a nod. It may yeah. actually be a nod. And if he actually ends up saying "game over" at some point in time during this season, <laughs> or he starts whining, even better. Yeah. But yeah. you've got this the, these characters that are well well defined, even though they're not defined at all because yeah. we yeah. don't know them hardly at all. And you've got Sarge leading the way, charismatic and creepy as hell. Yeah. And, and not, but engaging. And not, and you want goofy. to keep watching them. No, and, not goofy and not at all. goofy. There, yeah. there is never a time where I'm expecting him to unfurl the ungainly cigar and start puffing a couple of puffs on it. Well, it's that that whole thing that he's saying to the the uh, the guy behind the register, and he says it later to the uh, the hmm. female behind yeah, yeah, the counter yeah. in the yeah. jewelry store. People fantasize about doing something heroic in situations like this, and you're not the guy, and you're not you don't look like the type of guy yeah. to be a hero. Yeah, and I'm like that's some next level shit to say to somebody yeah. during a robbery yeah. to take any any thought of doing something heroic just throw it right out the window yeah two words stealth truck dude this is it's like okay let's have mike go to sleep and invade mike brain <laughs> and begin plucking elements that mike will go look it's orgasmic visual awesome on agents of shield this yeah. week and this is another one, the freaking stealth truck inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I, and it's stupid simple. Look, throw switch and kaboom. Yep, gone. And, and suddenly cloaking device for the truck. Perfect. Perfect, 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 awesome, perfect. And by the way, not our talking tech moment inside this episode. Oh, yeah. Wait for that one, folks. A truly alien Coulson. We're not going to dig in deep here. But at the front end of this episode, it's clear to me, because of what is said, because of the things and the places and the circumstances that have developed that Coulson slash Sarge spouts off here, that that dude is not from Earth. Mm. He's not. And I not can't from wait. our to, Earth. But even that. Even <laughs> that. There, there's something else that's going on completely that's, when I use the words extracurricular, mm. I'm talking extra, extracurricular here. And I don't know what's going on, but again, it's where this program keeps making the platforms where I go, okay, so 
how do I find out more quick? And when am I going to get more? And the answer is you're going to get, you have to wait a week. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, and it's okay. not as simple as, guess what? Uh, so Colson's a bad guy now. Right. It's, right. It's somebody who looks like Phil Colson, and we find out in this episode has the exact DNA mm-hmm. of Phil Colson. Yeah. But a whole bunch of other alien radiation particle yeah. stuff. And blah. And, 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 but, and all of, and, hold on, but all ahead. that story creates an atmosphere that makes, not that the atmosphere has pushed all of them to do what it is they do, but it sure does feel like it. Mm. It's it's the whole, is it the environment or is it something that is just innate and, and passed through? And I'm super curious to see where they're going to take us in regard to that storytelling. Very comic booky when oh, yeah. a good guy goes bad, but it's it's a it's next level. Again, I'm going to use that term, and it is next level because it's not simply taking Phil Coulson and now he's a bad guy. Yeah, now he's got the black This hat. is a different right. Phil Coulson, mm-hmm. so it's not the Phil Coulson that you know, yet you're compelled to want to go like, well, but maybe he is. Maybe somewhere inside there it is. Yeah, this and, is not this is not the Scar Coulson. Right. <laughs> atmospheric assimilation on the front end of this episode i talked about hard science fiction and what i'm referring to is very much like the things that we saw inside the first episode where they they talked about gasoline slash fuel that could then be tracked Mm -hmm. and the something that we kind of glossed over inside of the first episode but it's the actual physical makeup of the people they were hanging upside down to torture them we, we, we almost completely skipped over that. Right. And what's happening in regard in those two elements, as well as inside of this one, is they start talking about very hard science fictional elements and concepts that traditionally are left out of just about every single science fiction because traditionally it develops walls between the people that are taking in the story and the story being able to propel itself forward. Right. And this show... Aces it every single time inside it of this episode. It introduces those concepts without them tripping the story there up. There are no skid mark sounds yeah, at all at, at inside all. of this. Yeah. And I, I, again, I the storytelling creators that are, are dishing us this story this season, when you can do things like that, we're going to talk about more of the elements that make up exactly what I'm talking about that traditionally are absolute jam both feet on the center the center of the brake pedal and it doesn't happen inside of this episode but the hard science fiction ones are the i'm telling you it is the marvel haha <laughs> of hurdling olympics that is instantly done and there are no speed bumps there there's not one minute where you even have a toe that touches the hurdle inside of the the taking in the hard science fiction stuff right. and the story being propelled nothing zero the value of foreign language usage and being from an irradiated wasteland. Those of you that are habitual listeners of Nick and I and just about anything will know that it's not that I have an innate love of foreign languages because I don't. What I do have a love of is that using foreign language in particular with the byproduct subtitles instantly creates a bit of secret knowledge right. that instantly pays off gold, regardless of what you're talking about. We get some stuff here that, again, to steal Nick's words, next level stuff. <laughs> it, it, it's extraordinary because in this very tiny conversation where Fitz is literally 
tossing back answers as fast as the questions can come to all of this stuff where this person is just asking questions and you don't really understand why it just doesn't quite smell right. And eventually you learn that they're asking the questions. He says, oh, I'm from the north, not from the wall, <laughs> but from the north. Oh, where in the north? Really, really far north. I've got to go to the bathroom. See ya. And he walks out the room and she looks at the other person that's apparently from the same place she is. And she goes, did he actually just say that he's from the incredibly irradiated northern area? Yeah. And I love stuff like that. It, the the payoff of there being a conversation that you just happen to be in on because of the subtitles, I love all kinds of stuff like that. The, the other place that it works out wonderfully in regard to streaming media right now is if you go, there's two things, actually. We've talked a little bit about them before. The first one is the Jack Ryan series yeah. on Amazon Prime. And then the second one is The Widow. And inside of those, they're utilizing... In fact, The Widow does even better, where in many cases, they don't use any subtitles. So now, you being deprived of the secret knowledge is a detriment to you, mm. and you don't know what they're saying, and so you can't follow the story, and so you instantly have a tether with the character inside the story, because guess what? The character has no idea what's going on either, and now you don't either. Mm. Interesting. I love that, and it's... Whenever I try to try and pull somebody over the whole, man, I hate it when they got to bother with the frickin' subtitle stuff. That's what I want to try and tell you is that you have to take it as a piece of secret knowledge that you are being granted and, and use that as if it wasn't there, what would this mean to you? And your answer can't be, well, it would be stupid and they wouldn't include it. So why are they including it anyway? That can't be the answer. The answer is that it's a storytelling element and a ride that you either have to take or not take. But if you don't take it, it's at your own peril and you lose out on secret knowledge. Right. Folding in value from what you align yourself with. This is tremendous, mostly because the blonde character lady that's inside this scene that is the one that essentially trips up fits with the question about where are you from, blah. That character is almost traditionally written off quickly and then summarily killed. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here. What I loved most about her character is that she doesn't instantly become angry and then want to kill Fitz. She instantly understands that the boss is going to go, how did you not know about this? You're obviously in league with him. Mm. I love that. That is that next level storytelling that is an element of thought that a lot of people don't think about. It's like, ooh, can't be found out as a spy. What if you're found out as a spy? Then what happens? Ooh, that's terrible. Yes, that is terrible. It's, it's extraordinarily terrible. But you know what's even worse? If when the spy is found out, the boss can't possibly believe that somehow that guy was able to pull the wool over your face so you didn't know what the hell was going right. on. And now you're going to get the stick too. Okay, that sucks. Yeah. And we don't that they know. bothered. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. We don't know how long... Fitz has been masquerading as this species mm -hmm. on this ship. Yeah. But the fact that right from the get-go in this episode, he's almost immediately found out because he makes a slip-up uh, slip about cuisine. Yeah. Very interesting that they would use food, but it is something that Fitz probably wouldn't have learned from Enoch. Mm -hmm. Enoch taught him the language, taught him well enough to know that, okay, well, you've got to use an ocular disguiser or whatever they mm -hmm. called it. Yeah. And now we know what Fitz was shooting himself up yeah. with. It's, it's, Very interesting. Yeah, it's like walking up to somebody and going, hey, are you from St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, uh, do you like hockey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the St. Louis Blues. They're awesome. Really? Yeah, I love the mascot. What, what was his name again? 
And if you don't know, it means one of two things. One, you are uneducated mm. and you're just playing along, or you are a spy and should be summarily tossed out the airlock. Right, right. <laughs> oh, it's Louis, by the way. Louis the bear. Anyway, the, the, the gist is that leaving off because you simply can't have all of it. You can have the language. You can have the being able to somehow dwell in the, in again, I love the word atmosphere here because they literally do it. He uses some device to make his eyes look appropriate. Yeah. He learned the language thanks to Enoch, the forever conveying encyclopedia of awesome. And with those two things, his Marvel superpower is to not get killed this week. Right. And I'm and glad I love that, that I'm glad that we get the he's discovered instead of the whole episode yeah. of him trying not to be discovered. Yeah. Because I'm more interested in how is Fitz going to get out of this situation than when is the shoe going to drop and yeah. he's going to get discovered. Oh, look, he was able to beat the system once yeah. again because yeah. I don't he's so clever. See, we've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we went the diff- a different route with this yeah. one. <laughs> An interesting hairline. The leader inside of this, is it Vero? Yeah, I do believe that's how it's pronounced, Vero, yeah. Vero. The the leader... The controller, yeah, the contr- Vero. The, the controller inside of this has an incredibly interesting hairline. Mostly because it looks like... I, I, one, it doesn't look like a hair appliance, mm. which I congratulate the dude if that's how you grew your hair. Man, that's a, <laughs> that's a strong... Not only is that a strong hairline... That's some long-ass hair that is combed straight back on your head. Mm. It looked extraordinary. Anyway, it allows him, without all kinds of tons of makeup, the only thing that's being used here is maybe some tattoo effects, and then the uh, the eye contact lenses to approximate whatever culture slash alien nest that he's from. And it's incredibly effective. It reminds me a lot of the great episodes that are told inside of the Deep Space Nine iconography where there's not just something on the middle of between their eyes to their nose. You know, it's just it's where they look human, but not quite. And I think that that is a very effective storytelling element. What I also love is that when they finally do come off of the foreign language discussion, I love that it's because they find out that he's not one of them. Right. And there there is nothing like this person is scum. We're not going to grace him with being able to speak our language. So we shall use Terran human English language scumbag, whatever they they don't have anything like that. They just drift into it and it works perfectly in the storytelling. Agent Fox gets added to the list of fallen agents. This is not Fox Mulder from the X-Files, right? I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark here. That that Fox fell. I have to look at that. Are we, we going to call this another inside joke? Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. I, I I can't paint it as that, and we'll never know, mostly because I can't imagine. I would love for any writer to come on and talk to us, but we, I cannot imagine a writer coming on and then actually admitting, hey, by the way, nudge, nudge, when we use the guy's name as Fox, we knew that the Fox deal was going down, and we knew it was just a matter of time. So, ha-ha, Fox fell. Ha-ha, <laughs> 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 nudge, nudge. And I and I can't I can't say that that's exactly what happened, but I want everybody to know that it is Agent Fox that was shot by the most prolific televised cinematic character that we have inside of the Agents of Shield saga. So, haha. And so Mac knows. Not only did I find this appropriate, it was incredibly satisfying. Because after what we got, the kind of tennis racket action of the last episode, 
where May knows and they have a little conversation. Now we have that conversation happening well, where it's not even not, a conversation. It's, well, let's not forget, though, May didn't know. May suspected that there might be feelings between the two of them. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that they were actually together yet. Right, right. And we learned that later on in episode one. Yeah. Well, now we learn, oh, Max known all along. Yeah. It's not a, suspe- a suspicion. Yeah. It's... Oh yeah, they're together. Yeah, and he, it, I'm sure he'll be going to somebody else for shoulder crying. Yeah, it, it it makes me wonder just exactly how long Max sits in front of a monitor via surveillance camera. It, it's all a part of the fact that Mac is an observant director. Yeah, I mean it shows that he is paying attention to yeah. the people that work under him. It's not. Yeah. It's always and, eyes on the prize. Well, yeah, but you compartmentalize all of that. By also knowing what's going on in the lives of the agents working for you. Yeah, what I also love is that being able to do that and and be aware that it's going on allows us to at least assume that he's moved on as well. Mm. Making Benson the hard ass slash blunt wall of the episode. Love it. If all they're going to do with him inside of this series is do what they gave him inside this episode, I'm dandy. I know that they're going to paint more and flesh him out more yeah. just because they've made a character that is so available to be painted. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, he he was my focal point slash shield dossier inside of our last episode. Yeah. And dude, that, that trend continues inside this episode because I love everything I got from Dr. Benson. I'm enjoying that we're seeing more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Benson is concerned, but unlike the previous episode where it was okay i reluctantly am going to do this it's almost as if between the two episodes it's like all right i'm doing this but if i'm doing this i ain't gonna i ain't gonna be sat at the kids table i'm not gonna be left in the dark i need you're gonna you're gonna tell me everything yeah Yeah. and i love the fact that we go from the speed that he, he the very melancholy i don't really care about any of this stuff in episode one of this season to Give it all to me. If if I'm doing this, you gotta give it all to yeah. me. And if you're gonna treat me like an idiot, well, I'm gonna treat you like an idiot right back. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly we need well done. Somebody like that. We do in we do. the group. I don't want. I don't want every single member of every single team ever devised inside a shield to be the one that just salutes and then does stuff. Right. And that we're that we're having a dude ask questions mostly because if you actually give him the information, he's going to give you more valuable information yeah. back. Yeah. And again, it's he the, can't do his job right it, without it, all the information. It's the compelling nature of effective storytelling and character development that can instantly propel a story, mm. and it's very well done. <laughs> Phil is not an alien; it is one hundred percent full-on match for Phil Coulson. This is a very interesting revelation. What I also liked is that they didn't paint it. With the dun 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 It is Phil Coulson. They didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. That we didn't. We well, we really didn't need that either. And I'm glad they didn't give it to us. Right. And what I love the way that they delivered it allows you to develop your own little. You know how you crank on a Jack in the Box. Yeah. And because there's music playing, you kind of know when the jack-in-the-box is going to spring mm-hmm. because of Pop Goes the Weasel. Well, this is the one where it's not... There is no music. You don't know the song because there is no music being played, but you can feel the tension as you start to grind the key. Mm-hmm. And little little tidbits like this start to grind that key of when is the jack-in-the-box going to pop. 
because yeah, this is it's really big well done. information for yeah. anybody wondering from episode one. Mm -hmm. you know, if, like me, I'll, I will I will use me as a perfect example. So I'm watching episode one. These characters come through some sort of dimensional rift. Already, I'm thinking alternate universe. Some sort of time paradox warp thing? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to expect. But I've got Phil Coulson, but it's not Phil Coulson. Mm -hmm. Well, here mm -hmm. in episode two, early on in episode two, we even we even mark off some of the things that he's not. As well, it's definitely not the LMD stuff. <laughs> right. And it's definitely right. not the, uh, you know, the, the, ni the nightmares come to life stuff. So what else could it be? Well, it's, it is Phil Coulson. He's got some weird stuff mixed in his DNA. But when you take all of that stuff away, it's pure 100% Phil Coulson. But it can't be our Phil Coulson because our Phil Coulson is dead. Yeah, and I love May the question mark it. you put on that too. Because May saw yeah. it, but yeah. nobody else did. I, again, it's it's that cranking of the ongoing Building never the mystery, know. man. Yes. Building I love the it. mystery. I absolutely love it. Max jacked. Like you needed me to tell you guys that Mac is one big giant black dude, <laughs> and I, I realize that they've had a jacket on him for the last episode and a half, but they finally get to a point where they take his jacket off, and like, you know, it, it, it's like when you and I need I need to lean over and pick up my keys, <laughs> and you hear me playing with my keys, and of course my giant bicep ripples because I've been lifting weights for my entire adult life. I haven't. Uh, but welcome it, it, to the gun show, <laughs> exactly. everybody. It's yeah. a, that's exactly what it is. He doesn't even have to freaking try. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> he, he instantly, for those of you that felt as ashamed as I did watching this episode when 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 Jacked Mac appears, feel the shame. Feel that shame yeah, <laughs> because I, I you to, should. He's I jacked. Have, I have to put down my double cheeseburger. <laughs> And just just shake my head at myself, going like, "Why can't I be like?" I will Mac? shake. I will continue to shake my head as I shovel in another onion ring. Sarge doesn't believe in low profile. This is great too. It instantly differentiates even the remote possibility that, mm, yeah, that's Colson. He's just yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. And it's extraordinary. It instantly delivers that same characteristic that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, which is, I want to root for these guys. I want to, not only do I want to root for these guys, I need to root for these guys to find out what's going on. Mm. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. I, now, me, I'm not necessarily saying I want to root for them. I'm very interested in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Snowflake is psychotic. I mean, yeah. Any chance she can get to murder somebody so that they can be reincarnated into a butterfly? That's that's that's, that's uh, yeah. Out there on Pluto, there. man. Yeah. Yeah, she's way out there. So I don't necessarily want to root for a bunch of of murderers, but they're so interesting, and that makes them compelling. Yeah. And that makes me want to see where this is going. The jewelry heist and its intent. As much as you might think this gorgeous set, and it is gorgeous from every single view, whether it's the multiple camera views that are used inside of the portion of that episode or the surveillance set that just mm. shows you essentially the whole area. Yeah. It's all incredibly well done. What I love, though, is that they don't really use it. <laughs> if all they did was kind of show a display case, it wouldn't make any difference at all. Mm -hmm. And that it is used and that the intent is to get to something that is not only unique, 
but they don't quite know how to ask for it. Right, right. Again, question marks. It's it's again. It's the jacking of the 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 jack in the box again. Tweaking that key. Well, and you start the jack to think that you know what they're looking for. It's like okay, they're in a jewelry store, so it's a diamond, ruby, something like that, and it keeps you guessing because <laughs> it's like oh, so maybe their weapons are run by precious stones, yet adding more to <laughs> the not from this world. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they've already got the cool ass stealth truck. Mm-hmm. They've got energy weapons. Mm-hmm. They've got Jocko. Yeah. <laughs> you also have, you also have pseudo Colson slash shards saying something to the effect of they're still using combust or they use combustion here. Right, right. When I, uh, when I, the, the, all, the shotgun, yeah, yeah. They use they use combustion weapons. I love that. Here. The uh front end of the money uh using looks like paper with faces on it. Yeah. Now we've seen that before. Yeah. Well yeah. Uh, oh, have we now? Yeah. All of that's really, really super interesting. And again, cranks on the jack in the box. Love that. Talking tech. Ah, uh, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we get to focus on and talk tech. Inside of this episode, there's no question if it's not the stealth dot truck dot, <laughs> then it has to be the airbrush air canister dimensional transporter athon portal ish nick creator thing that yeah amazing what i really loved is when they start when they start slamming the door onto the under the ground mm-hmm. and then you can see that the door has changed the shape of where the hole the portal is going to lead I love all of that. It reminds me of a it was a video game not not too long ago, probably a decade ago now, but it was called Portal. Yeah, and you could literally make a door anywhere you wanted, and you jump through there and you go. Mm-hmm. It's very much like the uh, like Blink, the, uh, the X Men character, the X Men yeah. character. Yeah, and that's exactly what this reminds me of. You draw one side of the parentheses door, you draw the other side of the parentheses door. You essentially have what looks like a hatch, and you step through. Yeah, it. little little uh, glowy hatch thingy that activates and when activated with its partner it opens up a doorway from one place to another it's not yeah. teleportation it's and it's not to the next room right it's it's, it's more of like stretching space because yeah. earlier in the episode sarge and pax go up on top of a, a shipping canister mm-hmm. and they're doing this whole line of sight thing but you don't know what they're really talking about yeah well now you do now you do it's they had to make sure that Hatch A had to be pointed straight towards where Hatch B was mm-hmm. going to, so mm-hmm. that the whole time space wackadoo opening thing would be lined up. And that right there is brilliant yeah. sci-fi high-tech yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and again achieved with zero speed bump. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. Brilliant, great stuff. That's where we ask you guys, what was your talking tech moment inside this episode? And guys, there's so much. Oh, yeah. We, uh, this is a tech-laden episode, as are, I think, probably going to be most of these episodes. Would not be surprised. Yeah. Let us know what you think by going over to our Facebook presence, facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. You can also reach that from our agentsofshield.tv address. Chime in on one of the threads that started or start your own and tell us what was your talking tech moment for this episode. May finds the truck. For those of you wondering how special effects are supposed to be used inside of effective storytelling, especially on TV, especially inside of an episode of a program that is tethered to a universe where, look, it's a frickin' talking raccoon. 
this is how special effects are supposed to be used, where it's short, it's small, it offers validity to the compelling storytelling that's being done, and then it's moving on to the next piece. It is the precision sample yeah. of how special effects should be used, not only in this program, but I think in general in storytelling. The old airlock switcheroo and a showcase of resolve. This is extraordinary. And again, I don't know. This smells like something you probably knew was coming. Did you know it was coming? This episode had me so pulled in, like laser focus on the events happening that I never had any opportunity to even try to think ahead. Excellent! Excellent! (laughs) Excellent! It makes me so happy when I hear that because I'm not the guy. Nick is the guy that sees the storytelling coming from 800 yards off. Yep, Mike yep. Wilkerson is the guy that sits with his face in a in a box of popcorn, enjoying what he's seeing, going, oh, this is tasty. I feel so <laughs> gifted watching this episode, and I don't see anything coming because I just don't. I just take it in and I revel in the awesome. Nick is the guy that sees it from yards away, just from football fields away. It's usually. like seeing the Matrix when it comes <laughs> it to storytelling. That's you, very you well watch said. enough movies and television, you read enough books, you actually write scripts yourself, <laughs> and you see the tropes. And it's like seeing the Matrix. Yeah, this was a point in time to where the Matrix never even entered my brain. <laughs> oh, it was press play. Oh my God, this is so amazing! Yeah. And oh, it's over already. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. In fact, I enjoyed it so much I had to go back and watch again what I saw. Yeah, because it was it's where my brain was processing it, but I didn't quite process what I just saw. I just seen. So I had to go back and watch it. And that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to know that something just happened and kind of get what it is. And then because of the nature of how we can watch television now, you can literally just click once and 10 seconds go back by you click twice and you're back before what you missed happens and then you see it again it's extraordinary storytelling but it's also a nod to how it is actually imbibed now Mm -hmm. this section of the episode i thought was extraordinary i actually thought that this section would end differently i'm like okay so this is going to happen and she's going to be there and she's going to be there so That didn't go the way I thought at all. Yeah, and I love that. That that is what I live for in regard to storytelling, especially televised storytelling. I don't want the stuff that I can not only see coming, but is labeled trope with a big giant sticker on it. I don't want any of that. I want it to. I want to. I want it to just. I want it to tear off the cliff, and I'll never know what's coming. The dreaded throwing presents itself. Ugh. I thought for sure we were going to get through this episode and not refer to our review of Terminator frickin' Salvation. But I must, because once again, instead of squishing head like grape, thank you, Mr. Miyagi, it's not what happens with Jocko and May inside this episode. Instead of squishing head like grape, he throws her. Hated it. Personally, you're going to have to just get over it. I don't want to get over you it. Gotta, you have to. I don't to want to get because, over it. I can't, man. Because Game if we over, did it your man. way, if we did it your way, Melinda May's dead. <laughs> you want that? Do no, you want that on no. your conscience, Wilkerson? No, but, okay, here, here, but here's what I do want. I want May flying around like Trinity and inside the freaking Matrix. Well, she can't with, do with, that. Well, sure she can. With 7,000 <sighs> kicks, including a scorpion kick. Because she's freaking Melinda May. That's why. That I fight wanted- went exactly the way that it needed to because it was a David and Goliath situation. David and Grape is what that should have been. 
and it wasn't because of the freaking throwing anomaly. Small area, lots of throwing, because then you can (laughs) subdue. Jocko wasn't trying to kill her. Snowflake was. Jocko crushed like grape. (laughs) Jocko wasn't trying to kill her. He was just trying to stop her. (laughs) I don't want throwing. I'm sorry. I... I want something. I want better storytelling than throwing. And I Let's know it's give there Melinda May superpowers so that she could have been the one throwing Jocko around. Something. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. <laughs> Even somehow getting leverage with a pole or something, or grabbing the device out of his backpack and shooting with it. Something. Something. There could have been something different. And I, it was. It was the one. If there's one big negative inside the episode, that's it. Anyway, it's where I beseech this audience. Tell me what you think of throwing your enemy, regardless of whether it's Melinda May throwing Jocko or vice versa. You must answer me. Go to our Facebook presence. Answer the question. You can handle the truth. The chip on the dead guy has been cracked. And when I wrote dead guy, I don't even know if we should actually say he's dead yet. Because crazy science fiction, that's why. If he was still going to keep going, I thought he would keep going. Yeah, we didn't have like when the, he popped back to life in the previous we, episode. We didn't have like the dying, the giant dying Jabba the Hutt sound. Right. Cause we didn't have that. One would believe that he's made up more of tech than flesh. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't done know. the we haven't done the proper autopsy yet. We haven't actually cracked <laughs> him out of that wall. <laughs> He's still in the concrete wall doing a commercial for a local construction company right. or something. I don't know. Anyway, the, the the chip on the dead guy has been cracked. So very interesting. I, again, it's a it's where if you were to dig too deep into the how, it would start to become a stupid tropey speed bump inside of science fiction storytelling. Mm-hmm. They don't do any of that. It's a quick notification a little bit of looking here and there a little bit of explanation material and then it's done and it's good when they even have the setup in the first episode they say that oh that looks kind of like a camera lens yeah so when they remove that from the body and start tinkering with it it's it makes perfect sense that not only would this be a recording device but it would lead them to they left their last homeworld because they had to destroy it. Again, instantly compelling storytelling that has nothing to do with a bunch of mustache twirling idiots that have come through a dimensional portal with an invisible truck. Now it's time to be a bad guy. Yeehaw! Yeah. We don't have any of that. In fact, it may be that they've left a world that had to be destroyed because they had to destroy it. And by the way, see you next episode. Yeah, we we don't I really love that. get an an explanation of why they had to destroy the previous we place they were at, but right. we also know that they're gearing up to do the same thing here. Right. And we don't even know that maybe that is the case. Yeah. We, that's something that Benson is surmising right. based on what what is the delivered storytelling. So Again, when we can start thinking about things that might happen because of what's said, when in reality, if somebody comes, grabs, and jerks the wheel into a different direction, it doesn't make any difference. In fact, it would make it even more compelling Mm. storytelling. Well, there there are hints throughout this episode that the group may not even be from the same worlds as well. I mean, we see Jocko huffing down on what we're told is his world's original atmosphere, atmosphere yeah and that he hasn't breathed his original atmosphere for a long time mm-hmm. so it's like have we just is this group just going from 
planet to planet, reality to reality, what, whatever it is, have they been moving between the dimensions with destruction in their wake? Mm -hmm. I, again, and why? More, and why? And why? And why is even the bigger question yeah. of this mystery that we keep on building as the episode progresses. Ships that pass in the night, love stories that unite. For those of you that go back and think about the movies you love, of the many movies I will name, I will give you Aliens. As much as you might think that it's just the sequel headed by James Cameron inside of yet another story featuring aliens and colonial marines and caseless plasma rifles and all kinds of kick-ass science fiction stuff that happens inside that movie. What you have to remember is that is a love story. And the love story is between Ripley and Ripley's daughter. And the Ripley's daughter story that spills into Newt inside of that story so that even when the story ends, that is the compelling envelope of that story. As much as everybody doesn't want to say that that's a love story, because it, again, if you think of all the giant highs and roller coaster rides and stuff that happens inside of that movie, you'd go, well, I don't see anything in there that's a love story, Mike. Well, it is. I hate to tell you that, but that's what James Cameron said. And so the, the storytelling of love stories that can still carry so much action and danger and wonder and scary moments. I use Alien as a sample often for that. Mm. But it all works inside of this episode as well. Because this episode, the reason that this is all going on right now is because the hunt is on. The hunt is to try and unite two people right. that literally, at the end of this episode, come within a couple of sectors and spaceships of each other. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I like the concept because it is the opposite of what we had in episode one. Mm -hmm. Because in episode one, we focused a lot on Daisy and Gemma and, their, and, and the rest of the crew of the Zephyr hunting down Fitz. And mm -hmm. then at the very mm -hmm. end of that episode, we get a teeny tiny bit of Fitz. Well, this is, this is the flip. A lot of Fitz and Enoch in this episode, and then at the very end, we get that little, the little sprinkling of Gemma. It's like, I know he's here. Mm -hmm. I saw this coming. Okay. Ha-ha. <laughs> I, I, Thank I, you for I, ruining I, the episode. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. You're Goodbye. welcome. I saw this one coming. As soon as they started, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as Fitz and Enoch <sighs> started talking mm -hmm. about changing course and taking the remaining members of the engineering crew mm -hmm. on that ship mm -hmm. to a planet to where they could actually get work mm -hmm. i'm like oh yeah the zephyr's going to show up just as they leave mm. and it did mm. i'm not saying that it's a bad thing of course that's how this story has to end because you have to build that oh she just missed him it, you have to do that what i don't want to see is four more episodes go on and it's constantly the two of them missing each other that's a trope that I don't want to deal yeah. with because and TV shows in particular will pull that off to where they keep a char characters looking for each other away from each other for the majority of the season yeah. so that that, re th that reunion can be more powerful. Well, guess what, guys? This is episode two of a 13-episode season. Mm -hmm. We ain't got time for that. Well, not only that, I think that there's, there's, a, there's enough compelling storytelling that must take place here. Yes. 
that they simply can't afford it. Right. They can't, they can't afford to do that. So as long as they don't do that, I'm I'm cool with this n- nice little love story nod trope that they've used to tack on at the very end of this episode. I'm not taking it as bad as you did with Jocko tossing May around, <laughs> but I had to bring it up because it is a trope, but a well-used trope yeah. for these two characters. Yeah. It's time to take a break here during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Our review of Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. We will reopen the window in just a moment. You can't open a window in space, Mike. Sure I can. Here, listen. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. What is The Podcast Matrix? The Podcast Matrix is your source for podcast hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted at podcastmatrix.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, we're focusing on and reviewing Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. Every time we come back from break, it's time to crack open our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers are where Nick and I find a compelling character portrayal, an interesting storytelling tidbit, or something else that trips our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what do you got? This episode had so much going for it. Dude. Even the slow parts where it's just characters talking to each other, so engaging. It's hard to pick, so I'm going to go right back to the very beginning of the episode, and my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is filled with... The nod to Phil Coulson. Mm. Opening of the episode, we see sunglasses on a sunglass rack that's just turning and turning and turning. (laughs) And it stops on the style of sunglasses that our beloved 
Phil Coulson would have definitely placed on his face. And we get the reflection from those lenses and we see Clark Gregg as Sarge, kind of like a, kind of a nice nod of who we want him to be. <laughs> and then he looks down and finds a more Mad Max Fury Road kind of a mm -hmm. pair of sunglasses mm -hmm. and picks those, telling us that, hey, guess what? This isn't your Phil Coulson, so get used to it. Yeah, It sets the bar for the entire episode. It's yeah. like, you want Phil Coulson. We all know you want Phil Coulson. And you're not going to get him, mm -hmm. but you're going to get something that looks like him. Yeah, I think that's an extraordinary find inside this episode. Mine is something incredibly diverse and interesting, as always. Oh, yes, because yours are always so much better than mine. <laughs> inside this episode, my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier is... A group of engineers showcasing doing a group of engineers stuff. One of my favorite reasons to watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine for so many years is because many episodes were exactly what we see here. It's a bunch of geeky dork geeks <laughs> trying to figure out a technical problem that is so mundane nobody cares well as long as you've got chief o'brien there everything will work out R fine. Well, right but how many episodes did chief o'brien where he's essentially sitting in the center chair of whatever the task is it, it's just another day at work it's it's what made chief miles o'brien compelling to me at all mm -hmm. because as much as you think man i've got a starfleet uniform on and i've got to go to work and i've got to be a hero the starfleet uniformed hero uh, dude it's not you, you kind of put on a uniform and it could just as well be overalls yeah and you go to work and you do the freaking work and then you come home to keiko and you make babies <laughs> and you go and do it again the next day and that's it and that's your existence as Deep Space Nine, well, Miles O'Brien in, in an engineering outfit in charge of a bunch of freaking engineers. But I would almost say that for anything Star Trek, everybody who had a job on a starship or even a space station, and what they, whatever the hell they were good at, they loved doing their yeah. job. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, I got to go and do this job and yes. punch this clock. Right. It's, this is what I trained for. Yeah. This is my life, and I'm really good at the, it, these and series, I love doing it. Yeah, these series of tasks fuel me, and I cannot wait to put on the uniform and go and sit in my chair, grab my tools, and do my job. Love it. I love all that. And now you and have now, a race of people <laughs> that with, are, with, are pretty much, okay, you're, you're the tech people. Yeah. And yeah, here he, comes Fitz, and he's better at it. Yeah. And it puts them in peril. But not only does it put them in peril, it puts you into the square into the center of them doing all kinds of geeky engineer things. Yeah. And that is my dossier. Who'd have thought that would be the centerpiece for this episode? Nobody. No? no. Nobody. I, can you imagine the writer's room? We're in the middle of the writer's room. Okay. How about this? How about Enoch has taught fits how to speak this i don't know alien language and inside of the alien language experience how about um how about he gets taken aboard a ship yeah yeah write that shit and, and oh, here there's a there's a crew of engineers that are helping a kind of evil guy to accomplish stuff inside the known universe as they're on their way to blah blah, blah. write that shit man yes I love that. I love it because it's so common and you can then start wrapping around extraordinary storytelling around a common thing, which is a bunch of engineers screwing around. Mm. That's it. That's what we ask you guys. What was your shield dossier inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going to our Facebook presence. 
facebook.com forward slash shield podcast. Or you can go to the link via our show notes over at agentsofshield.tv. Ah, the rating inside of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, this time for Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Everything's great. Miles O'Brien has created yet another child, and the entire crew of Deep Space Nine gets to continue living next to the wormhole. A 1 is on the other side of the scale. Star Trek Voyager. Oh, come on, man. Everything starts like Star Trek Voyager. Hush. Everything starts as a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down the faster you talk about Star Trek Voyager. And Nick, there are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? What can I say that we haven't already talked about in this episode review? This This was a great episode. I was compelled to shut off the majority of my analytical brain and just enjoy. Thank God. If only we could have more episodes like this one. Oh, yes, because, you know, all most of this show has just been shit, <laughs> and I've complained about it constantly. No, of course not. Most people who have been listening to us for a while have heard me go on and on about how I think regular network television suffers because you have to fill that 22 to 24 episode quota. Yeah. And... Sure, you get talented writers and you can tell some stories, but you have to stretch things out. And it's like Taffy. And if you stretch Taffy too far, holes start showing up and it breaks apart. Yeah. Well, here we go. We've got 13 episodes. There's not going to be any stretching here. Yeah. And this episode right here proves, I hope, that the writers for this season know that. It's like we've got no time to dilly-dally. It's going to be story, story, story. We're not going to waste time on superficial crap that other shows would have to put into their show to make it stretch out. So that being said, of course I'm going to give this episode a 10. What a wonderful number for this episode. I I, I have to go back to a, a little bit of classic televised entertainment intake for both the previous episode, episode one of season six, and the second episode, episode two of season six, because I think this would have been a wonderful duo episode oh, yeah. for the launch of totally a season. Totally could have been a great two-parter, yeah. And I love that. Uh, as, as we started talking more about Star Trek, the other episode that this reminded me totally of is the episode where just about everybody, including us, thinks that Picard has been vaporized. And it turns out that the pirates that have have abducted Picard use a weapon that looks very much like a disruptor bolt, mm. but it doesn't disrupt, it transports. And so when you see Picard destroyed slash disintegrated inside of a, a bar, yeah. he's not actually been disintegrated, he's been transported. Anyway, that episode reminds me very much of this episode where kind of everybody's in the in for themselves in their own game, but they're all being controlled by the guy that's got the electromagnetic doohickey neck thing yeah. that controls everybody, and so you must do his bidding until you don't have to anymore. Anyway, I love that because, again, it's a bunch of mundane people doing a bunch of mon- mundane things that the guy in charge that's got his thumb on the electrify button can't do <laughs> himself. And so he's got to somehow at least trust them, or at least until someone can be found to do the job that they were going to do, and then he's going to kill them. If this could have been presented with the first episode in a tandem episode, 
this easily would be the scale breaker slash originator for the 20 score inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, <laughs> because it is. When I say 20, what that means is that my last score is a 10, and then this one is also 10. 10 plus 10 equals 20. Again, we are looking at primo storytelling crafting that fits into so many niches at the same time so as to propel the story and you lose zero. There's zero drag inside the episode. There's zero drag inside of the, oh, you've got to be kidding me. They're doing this now. Even the throwing thing, it's not a speed bump. It's something that they had to be done because it's a piece of the fight choreography and not something that Mike gets to bitch about. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Guys, I get it. Totally. It, It is a wonderful piece of crafted storytelling, and I can't wait to have 11 more episodes just like this one. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 6, Episode 2, Window of Opportunity. Let us know what you think by going again over to our Facebook presence. Chime in on any one of the threads there that talks about either the rating or this episode. And let us know what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews, and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys talking communication. All right, so this is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. It is 5-18-2019 at, is it 5-25 already? It is. Time just disappears when you and I sit in these <laughs> chairs. It's dangerous shit. Yeah, I know. Okay, all right. From so, now on, we need to, like, start doing work immediately and then and bullshit then, yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, that's good. Insert the tone. Very good. Really, really good. Except for your part. Your part sucks. Yeah, my part sucks. <clears throat> all of my parts suck. I don't know how many years I'm going to have to do this, Suck-a-roo. Mike, before I start getting even Suck-a-roo. even a portion of your awesomeness. <laughs> oh, it'll eventually happen with osmosis. You're sitting that close I to must me. milk the teat <laughs> the of the podcaster. Of the, the podcaster lord. Of, yeah. I'm going to register <laughs> podcasterlord.com. There you go. Insert the tone of the podcast lord. <laughs>